It's time for Plan of the Week on Real World Gardener. On the line, I've got horticultural expert in native plants, Adrian O'Malley. How are you today, Adrian? Uh, I'm taking whatever compliments you're taking where you get them, Mary. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So we're continuing talking about silver or grey leaf plants, and uh, so far we've mentioned eucalypts and salt bushes, but today it's tea tree, funnily enough. Yes, uh, not all tea trees uh, are green. These Some have tiny leaves adapted to really harsh environments, and this one, Leptospermum lanigarum, which is the woolly tea tree, is one of those so um, uh yeah where well, i'm on slightly shaky ground here because i'm not that expert on on tea trees uh lepto leptospermum or lepto as i've always known them lepto lavagardum coastal tea tree happy to talk about that leptospermum lanigarum i know i've i've probably pruned a lot over time but i'm scratching my head going which one's that one which one's that one i know it's gray foliage and it's small Really small foliage and, and slightly pointy from memory, if memory yep. serves me right. Correct. Yes, so the the leaves, actually the leaves vary in size, but around the four millimetre mark, maybe slightly bigger. And, and uh, yeah. What I was going to say, like, like Leptospermum lavagardum, the coastal tea tree, when in flower, uh, you can't see a leaf because when heavily in flower, they're really something to see. Yeah, I agree. If people are familiar with the very mostly cultivated one, the Cardwell Leptospermum, it's like that, covered it from all along the all along the branches right up to the tips. Yep. And I used to, when I see a tea tree when my daughter was little, stick your tongue in that when it was in flower um, because they're sweet. Yeah, of so course. We, we can be pollinators too. We don't just need to be bees. So I, I couldn't help myself. I, you know, I'm a flower licker. That's, well, that's a funny thing to own up to. Never mind. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we accept all sorts. Anyway, so <laughs> this one is found in all eastern states of Australia, right through to, and in fact into Tasmania. So it's uh, described as a woodland type of shrub you know, grows in scrub. And because the leaves are slightly hairy, it makes it look more silver than it really is. You know how some leaves, if you brush them, it goes, oh, there's actually a bit of green there. But it's the hairiness of the leaves, even though they're tiny, that make it look silver from a distance especially. And I've just read a lovely description that it's pewter grey. That's a nice colour too. Yeah, it is, it is a nice colour. I wouldn't have thought of it as pewter grey, but now that I think about it, that's that's probably bang on and the other thing is that it you know how leptospermum of all sorts have those little nuts that appear after the flowering and yep. oh, i think i had a teacher once describe the nuts as like a hot, hot cross bun because they've got that little cross in them yeah they do they have a plus sign yeah that's yeah. that's true well, and and i mean smaller than a pea probably half the size of a pea and not nice to walk under in barefoot when if you happen to walk under one when it's uh, oh. been dropping its fruit. That's true. But the other, other thing is apparently it's not the hairy leaves that the woolly tea tree got its name, but it's from the the hairy, hairy nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't, as you said, Marianne, we accept all types. Didn't mean to say it quite like that, but the hairy fruits is probably the better way. Pursuit. Pursuit. Hairy capsules, yes, yeah, and yep. Back to things more more prosaic, perhaps. Highly adaptable, uh, highly variable, like a lot of natives that have a wide distribution. Interestingly, on the mainland, you know, maybe most of the books say three metres, some say up to five metres, but in Tasmania, 
to 18 metres. Don't want to get that one if you have a small don't garden. Don't want to get that one. No, if you've got a small block, don't, don't plant that one because that's not an insignificant tree. I know I've hedged it and it responded quite well to sort of, this was a hedge to maybe 1.82 metres as a, as a windbreak and as a screen and a bit bare at the base, but, but quite a nice thick sort of screen at the top. Like some leptospermums, it does get that uh, webbing caterpillar. I don't know if you're aware of that. You'll, yes. you'll know it. It kind of looks like a bunch of spider webs all twined together, um, but it's a webbing caterpillar. Right. So the best thing to do is just cut off that bit. Or be kind and accept that no caterpillars mean no butterflies. So just live and let, live occasionally. Horticulturists don't have to kill everything. So true. So true. Now, it has, a, it has some nice bark, actually. It's a, a kind of peeling bark peels in strips and the indigenous Australians had many uses for this particular one including making spears from the wood yeah well it's a light timber and and yeah that makes makes sense fair enough yeah and yeah so it's a good one to have in your garden if, you, if it only grows for three meters and you want to um, and you've got a bit of a windy site why not have this one if you like grey plants? Takes well to pruning, variable soils, doesn't need much water, looks good in flower. Why wouldn't you try and find one, find a spot for one? Yes, I, I certainly would be looking for this one, I think, because um, I hadn't not really known much about it before. So there we have it. That's the woolly tea tree once again. Adrian, it's been lovely chatting with you on Real World Gardener. Thanks, Marianne.